Infinity Roast Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I am one of your hosts tonight, and with me, I have my good friend, Zane Ellis. How are you doing, Zane? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking some Ahsoka with you. I can't wait. Let's go. Yep. Big time Ahsoka episode that we will be discussing later. And we missed last week. So we're actually going to be discussing episode three and four of Ahsoka. Zane and I, big Ahsoka fans, you can check out our episode one and two review on episode 177 of the Infinity Rose podcast, which you can find at theinfinityrose.com or on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Good stuff. We had a good discussion last week about Ahsoka and where it's headed. And I'm looking forward to discussing more with you, Zane. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I know it was kind of tough because you're like, oh, man, we missed last week and we're going to have to do a double dip again. But it was just like, there's so much to talk about. Yeah. And like yeah. with both of us who just know, hey, we geek out about this. And I mean, even after watching this most recent episode, like, I mean, I think both of us, every time we watch an episode, we start texting each other. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right, right. But the the most recent one especially that was mm-hmm. the one that mm-hmm. we were both just like oh my yeah like, that was the on. one that i had to like every once in a while there's just an episode that i will get done watching at like two or three a.m and i have to text him like right. i don't even care if he's <laughs> working or sleeping i don't care i gotta text him because i know you're the you're the one that gets to things quickly star wars wise anyways mark i know gets there usually the week of I don't think Jarrett's been able like this whole year. I don't think he's really been able to keep up on everything right? because he's been super busy, but you are the one that I'm like, I know Zane is, has either already consumed this or he is going to in the next like day, basically. So that's, that's been the only bummer. Like I get, can understand why they did it, but like usually whenever they have, you know, new show on Disney, it's usually that morning. So then I come home right away in the morning, right after work and usually watch it right away. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Ahsoka, they've yeah. been doing it Tuesday nights. Well, it's like it drops when I'm at work. So it's still like, yeah. like you usually watch it right away now. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, I can't wait to get home and watch it. Cause it, it's been <laughs> yeah. up there longer. I've been able to most, most nights. Well, the, it's only been three right. weeks now. And I think most of these three weeks I've been able to watch it like Tuesday night during the night at some point. So yeah, usually I've texted you and you're like, oh, right, I can't wait right. to watch it. I can't wait to get home. <laughs> yeah. But this latest one, especially before we get into all that, welcome new listeners. We are the infinity bros group of six guys who have a rotating cast and we talk pop culture, star Wars, Marvel, DC, you know, movies, film, video games. Make sure you check out the earlier part of this episode, our patron, exclusive portion where we review twisted metal uh zane and i both big fans twisted metal it was really fun and we also talk about starfield a little bit zane's been dipping his toes into that since it dropped and having fun so far right zane yeah it's been it's been fun like i've liked what they've put into it so far and yeah i haven't uh haven't put a ton of time into it yet but uh looking forward to playing more getting lost in yes, space absolutely yeah. <laughs> absolutely in lots of space yes lots of space to get lost in in starfield anyways if you want to check that out make sure you check out our patron you can get hooked up with patron exclusive episodes and portions of episodes with unedited patreon exclusive podcast episodes so a lot of good stuff there but you can also check us out at the infinityrose.com you can check us out on facebook instagram twitter tiktok twitch 
YouTube. Infinity Bro Robbie's doing some really awesome stuff on TikTok, pushing that. And he's been talking about One Piece because the live action One Piece came out recently, I think in mm-hmm. the last week or two. Yeah. And finished that. And now he's starting the anime because he made a TikTok about it. And basically everybody was like, you need to watch the anime. So <laughs> Robbie has embarked his journey on a anime that is over 1000 episodes right, long. Right. Like have you, I, have you watched one piece at all Zane? I have like, I watched the first season or two, but I think it kind of got to, put, I was just like, my goodness, there are so many episodes. And then like, I just got like distracted on other stuff but then like here i am also like doing another rewatch of dragon ball z so i'm like i have <laughs> yeah. i have the time for it i guess yeah, i'm just right. kind of being lazy <laughs> like yeah. i i should but, i mean you look at that and it's intimidating like a yeah. thousand plus episodes that you got to get through and so many people have been commenting on on robbie's tiktoks he's kind of given like episodely not every episode but every once in a while he gives an update on where he's at and what what his thoughts are on one piece and people are saying like it's not about getting through a thousand episodes it's about the journey because i mean it's a thousand plus episode you kind of have to think that way if that's that's the way you're doing it so again he and i have not watched the live action one piece that is on netflix right now but he liked that enough to be like, yeah, let's do this. Let's let's right. watch this gigantic anime. <laughs> Start this adventure. So good stuff happening on over on TikTok from uh, Infinity Brew Robbie. But we are here to review episodes three and four of Ahsoka. Before we get going here, I do want to let you new listeners know that we have a special way of rating things on the Infinity Bro podcast. So let's play that bumper. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity step. So now that you know that, you kind of know a little bit about us, make sure you can check out our social media and contact us on Infinity Bros podcast at gmail.com to let us know about what you think of Ahsoka, what you think about Twisted Metal, Starfield, or One Piece. You know, any of those things, we'd be happy to hear from you on socials or by email. But we are going to be reviewing Ahsoka episodes three and four. So we're going to be spoiling the whole season of Ahsoka at this point, especially episodes three and four. So if you haven't watched those, make sure you hit pause right now. Go watch those and come back here. But this is your official spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Warning. All right, we got that out of the way. Here we go, Zane. We're diving in. Ahsoka miniseries on Disney Plus. Eight episodes. We are currently on three and four right now. Drop in, like we mentioned previously, Tuesday evenings on Disney Plus. And so far, it's been incredible. People, including Dave Filoni, I believe we mentioned on, on our previous episode, have been referring to Ahsoka as basically Rebels Season 5. This journey continues through Episodes 3 and 4. We, we will probably, we'll talk about Episode 3 a little bit. Episode 4 is the big one that we're definitely going to get into, though. So we'll talk about Episode 3 first, because obviously, you know, it comes before 4. So <laughs> Episode 3... We kind of get into Ahsoka and Sabine are tracking down Balin Skull and Shin 
his apprentice and they track him down to this system. They they show up and they have the ring ship that Morgan Elspeth has constructed this gigantic ring ship. They show up and they see it and they're like, holy crap, <laughs> as all of us should be this gigantic ship that is capable of multi-galaxy hyperspace travel. Right. Which is not common. This is no. something new that we're hearing about, I feel like, in this season. Because, like, they talk about, I mean, all iterations of Star Wars. They talk about the galaxy all the time, right? Spanning the galaxy, planets that were all over the place. You don't really hear anything about other galaxies. So this is kind of a new thing that we're hearing about in Star Wars. So I think that's kind of cool. It totally makes sense because... I rewatched Rebels the last three episodes last night just because, I mean, we'll get into it, but the world between worlds that we see in episode four is Rebels thing starts there. And I was like, I got to refresh my memory on, on how this all works. So watch those episodes. Man, they do just a phenomenal. We were talking about this a little bit pre Patreon even Rebels is such a good show. If you have not watched Rebels, you need to go watch that. It might right. be a little too late at this point to finish Rebels before Ahsoka gets done, but you need to watch Rebels. It is top tier Star Wars content. It's so stinking good. So yeah, again, Rebels rewatch at the end of Rebels. Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled on Rebels, you probably shouldn't be watching Ahsoka, but I will give you <laughs> a minor Rebels spoiler. This is what happens at the end of Rebels. Ezra basically gets on Thrawn's ship. He calls the Purgle to Thrawn's ship and the Purgle, who are capable of apparently multi-galaxy hyperspace travel, which is not really explained in Rebels either, but they still, it happens. They whisk both Ezra and Thrawn out into hyperspace. And then we find out in Ahsoka that this is in a different galaxy. Like you can't get there in a normal ship. Like you, you need a big old giant hyperspace engine <laughs> i don't know how they call well, it. i'm not an engine well it's so. it's multiple because even in that ring it doesn't didn't they say that ring right. has like yeah, six hyperspace are, engines right. or something yeah there's like that. there's multiple so like you need a very powerful ship to traverse galaxies which i think is good and makes sense because like otherwise you could just be galaxy hopping right and doing whatever you want. So I, I think that was kind of a cool aspect that they added. Yeah, so the Purgle, Whisk, Ezra, and Thrawn onto this other galaxy. And obviously Morgan Elsbeth is trying to get Thrawn back. So here we come upon them and they've got this giant ring ship that Morgan Elsbeth has created. And obviously it's a little bit more for, for them to handle. So that was pretty crazy to see the scale of the ship compared to, you know, like Ahsoka's ship or later in episode four, Hera's ship and the, the X-Wings that, that right. come come by. So they get basically shot down and land on the planet that they're they're nearby that they're kind of using as a base to set up all this stuff. The one thing that I thought was cool in episode three was we got live action, big close ups of Pergo. Yeah, that was really cool. Like they that was and cool. they've done a fantastic job with space battles. I feel like Mandalorian had some phenomenal dogfighting, just really, really, really great filmmaking with space battles in Star Wars over the past, you know, Disney Plus shows that we've gotten. So great space battle. And then all of a sudden they're getting close to the like surface of the planet and 
boom, like a herd of Purgle or however you <laughs> heard, whatever, whatever, like word that they use for a lot of Purgle. There's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, we'll, herd, we'll go, herd, we'll yeah, go with yeah. herd. That sounds that, good. That makes sense. I, I yeah. suppose like, I wonder, I would have to look that up. I wonder what they call a bunch of whales. There's probably a, a name for a pack a, of whales. A pod? A pod. A pod of is Purgle. That okay, that actually sounds I mean, pretty that, good. We'll go with a pod. Sounds pot of Purgle. A pod of Purgle. Plus, it just—it's fun to say a pod of Purgle. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, we get we got a pod of Purgle, and they're like flying in between the Purgle tentacles and stuff. Like, oh, it's so cool. Like for the for the rebel fan in me, it was just like this is this is it. This yep. is Star Wars. How many times yeah, have we said right. that during this? this season of ahsoka this now this is star wars now this is rebels (laughs) it's rebels yeah oh my gosh it's it was so cool i I do want to actually point out though episode three is i mean there is a little bit of action in it but it's a building episode so like yes there's not a there's not a whole lot that really happens in that episode but we do obviously it advances the story we get them down on the planet surface and then episode four is really where the the crazy stuff starts i i I mean the best part of episode three is probably that last like 10 minutes but yeah it does a lot of building but like just the whole end of just everything after their ship gets stuck before they get down to the planet like that whole sequence of running from the purgle and then ahsoka just being like hey watch this yeah and then just goes out and you keep foot, you know, fix this ship. Yeah. And then just goes out and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to defend the ship in yeah. my Saiyan combat armor. <laughs> yeah. And, like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that was a part that we have to talk about because, yeah. okay. For all of the Jedi in space that we've gotten. And I feel like almost a hundred percent of it has been animation. Like Clone Wars, I feel like is the most Jedi in space yeah. that we've gotten seeing it live action was just it was so cool <laughs> like yeah i was geeking out seeing her same, same. in the in her and, and one part that i was like a little like thought was funny was that she's got her own spacesuit that is literally like fit to her <laughs> yeah. head and everything. i was like okay that's that's kind of cool <laughs> i like it. right uh but yeah she's C- just custom. out there i i don't know how space really works in star wars i would assume that it's similar to space here but like it seems like the ship's got some gravity because she's like she's like stepping on it like walking on it she doesn't have any tethers on the ship or nothing but she's just flipping all and part of it could be just like her force like keeping her on the ship but man it was so cool to see her defending the ship in space <laughs> their lightsabers and stuff oh my gosh that was that just classic star wars man oh yeah like even when i after watching that scene like that's all i could think too which is like this is classic like this is what the people that haven't watched the animated stuff like this is the stuff you're missing out on oh, yeah now granted it's a whole different medium with it animated but like this is what i think of so much like this is star wars this yeah. is something that's just Hey, we're just going to be a little nutty about this and it's going to be that kind of makes sense, but it just looks too cool right. that you're not going to think about how it actually works. You're like, this is just cool. And it's fun to watch. And like, it was the epitome of that too. I was just like, 
not only is this Star Wars, but it's just like it's kept with the Rebels feel. Like this is one hundred percent. And now, granted, it didn't happen in Rebels, but like they had a scene of exactly like that in Clone Wars. What it was, except it was a uh, Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah, but it's just like right. it's just like to see it on the screen. You're just like they're mm-hmm. they're nailing this. Like right. this is that Star Wars feel. And like okay, so I, going back to what you just said here. In Clone Wars, there's multiple moments where they have like Jedi in space and stuff like that. I recently just started rewatching Clone Wars when I was folding laundry and stuff like that. One of the first episodes is Ahsoka and Anakin going to rescue Plo Koon or yeah, Plo Plo Koon. And he does that because they're basically floating dead in space and there's General Grievous's like warship is nearby. So they're like trying not to get found and trying to escape at the same time, but their their ship is damaged or whatever, so they can't escape. But Plo Kloon goes out there, and he does work in space, and it's awesome to see. It's so cool. Even for all of the, like, sketchy animation and stuff in that first season, like, it's it's pretty crude. You know, it gets much better as Clone Wars goes on, but that first couple seasons is... <laughs> it's weird to go back and watch that stuff. Well, like that, even just that scene, like just running, taking that and running with it. Like that was the one thing I can remember that scene being so impactful. That was one of those big moments yeah. that really draw you into Clone Wars. Cause right. it's not even just like the crazy, Oh my God, they're out in space. But even just that whole thing that they're dead in space and like Plo Koon's floating with the rest of those like troopers. And then they're basically just get to that point. They're like, Hey, you can like save yourself. Don't worry about us. Like we're clones or expendable. Mm-hmm. And Plo Koon just looks he's at him. Like, and he's just like, nah. not to me. Yeah. Oh. And it's just, like, that is so freaking cool. So you're like, good. that's it's just a general Jedi right there. You're just like, no, 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 you're not worthless to me. And it's just like, there's so many people that are just like, well, this is just an animated. Then you watch scenes like that mm-hmm. and yeah. you're just like, this transcends animation. Yeah. It's, like that is just fantastic. so creative with that. And it's, it's crazy because it's like one of the first episodes of the yeah. Clone Wars, but they're so creative with how Plo Kloon is fighting in space too. Like he's mm-hmm. using the force to like push pull the clone troopers to places in space so yep. they can attack the, you know, the droids and stuff. It's like, wow, this is legit. Like this is Star Wars. But another note I want to mention was actually very, very interesting. In that same episode, I think, Ahsoka is detected by General Grievous because they forget to turn off a medical droid when they turn off all their systems. And in this episode, she makes a point to turn off Hu Yang when they turn mm-hmm. off all of their systems. <laughs> I just thought that was like a cool, she's learned. <laughs> she learned from right. her mistakes. She learned, right. That was a really cool like moment that it's just one of those subtle callbacks that you wouldn't have even noticed if you hadn't, hadn't watched or if I didn't even right. notice it initially when I watched it. And then I was just like reading some, you know, stuff and just going through the Clone Wars stuff. And I was like, that's so cool. Like Filoni, Dude's got a vision, man, and I love it. It's <laughs> right. It's awesome. Just the amount of effort he makes to like tie previous stuff in, even on just little the little details, some of that. Right. The addition of some of that is it's a lot of fun to see. Last thing I want to mention about part three is we get a little bit of a showdown with Hera and some of the leaders of the New Republic, including Mun Mothma. And we also see wait, I think at the end of episode two, we see Jason Sindola. And then he, we see him a little bit in, in episode three here too. But that was just like a little 
hey, you Rebels fans, here's <laughs> here's right, a little right. cool thing. Here you go. Here's, right. here's Jason Sindel. <laughs> but yeah, we see we see her basically facing off with the leaders of the New Republic, and she's man, just again the politics of Star Wars. The fact that they can make politics interesting in Star Wars is, I think, a feat in it in itself. Because you go back to the prequels. I mean, Episode One, Two. And three a little bit, but one and two mostly heavy politics Mm -hmm. in those first two movies. To be honest, especially Attack of the Clones, probably one of my least favorite Star Wars movies because of that. Because it is a very heavy politics, a lot of dialogue, uh, slow moving. But the fact that they can wrap all that together in such a great way. I love that they brought the new Republic back and the new Republic is just doing this all over again. Like they're just getting into the politics. Like, Hmm, I don't know if we can help this planet because, (laughs) uh, because of this reason and this reason, this is just like, this is just happening all over again. And Hera is having none of it. She's like, right. All right. Well, screw you guys. I'm going to leave and go out my friend. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Like, yeah. Well, I love that. That's, that's even the line when, jason and they're, they're getting in the ship and leaving and he's just like but shouldn't you have to listen and she just looks at him and she's like when you're a general you can do whatever you want. it's just like yes yeah. yep it's like that uh, that is this that is this what episode too with that line and with how she was basically acting with the new republic leaders this was Hera because like i think there's there's been a lot of people like you know how is the translation from animated to live action and i think you and I even too may have some issues with like Sabine as far as how she's depicted in rebels and, and in this show, but that was Hera. Like that was so exactly how she would have done it in rebels. Mm-hmm. Loved it. 100% all in on Harrison Dill in this show. Fantastic. I think that was pretty much most of the big hitters in in episode three that I wanted to mention. You got anything else that you want to talk about in that one? No, that I mean that was pretty much it. Because yeah, like you said, there's it, it's more of that background setting up that dialogue stuff, some right. of the politics of it, and then obviously the space fight's really cool. Yeah, but like it, it's really just kind of that little bit in the beginning of the episode and then the end of that episode. Yep. The, yep. the middle, it's just kind of the the plot device to get between the two. Like it's not a ton of noteworthy stuff happens. Right. I yep. feel like. Setting all up for episode four, which has been the best episode in the season so far. Um, I think that you would also agree. I uh, first yes. of all, before we get into episode four, who would you rate uh, episode f- uh, three? Skills. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give three a five, just because I still like that politics Same. stuff. Like I still Same. like. Come on, we don't rate things out of five on the Infinite Bros podcast. Come on. Okay, a five point two. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you said. I thought you said three out of five. You said a five. Okay. Okay. Oh, a five. Sorry. sorry, yeah. sorry. I thought you were saying you were rating it three <laughs> out of five, and I was like, "See, come on, no. the Infinity podcast. We rate things out of six here." <laughs> good. Good. I'm glad no. you scared me a little bit. But we're, we're good. We're all good. Uh, okay. No, I, I, I think I'd give it that too. I, I would give it a five out of six as well. It's still entertaining. It's entertaining. It it drags a little bit, but like. I still love a good space fight. Like I just, it's always purgle. super entertaining. Purgle. The purgle. Great. Like, I think what helps it with the five or so much more is that was definitely more of an episode of like, if you liked and watched rebels, 
Like you're going to get way more from yeah. the episode than if I, I think so too. Yeah, absolutely. Going in, diving into part four. I think I, this is also, I mean, a little bit of background. I think this is one of the highest rated episodes on, of Disney star Wars TV ever. It's on IMDb and nine out of 10. I'm not sure what it is on Rotten Tomatoes, but I can't imagine it's any less than like 95%. Right. It's phenomenal. It's a great episode. If you haven't watched it yet, well, first of all, what are you doing? Listen to this, but like you need to go watch this because some jaw dropping moments in this. So let's get into it. We start there on the forest floor, basically of the planet that they landed on and they defend their ship. First of all, from Balin Skull and Shin, they kind of send their their goons out to track them down. Easy enough time with those guys, right? Nothing like too significant. But then Shin and Merrick show up. That's where the episode really gets going because we get some sweet lightsaber fighting. <laughs> Merrick, okay. I don't know if you thought this, Zane, but I thought we were getting it this episode. Merrick's got the Inquisitor lightsaber and starts like, you know, spinning the lightsaber. And I, I could have swore Merrick was going to take off and start fly with that. I was like, <laughs> yes, we're getting it in live action. Merrick's going to fly. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but Merrick didn't do that. No. Some big questions here. So Ahsoka defeats Merrick. Not really that big a deal. I mean, Ahsoka's super experienced. So like, I, I don't think that's so far fetched, but she takes out Merrick, slices them across the chest, and then boom, cloud of smoke. I was like, wait a minute, what's happening? <laughs> what did right. you think of that when that happened? That was like, it, it's weird because there's so many theories of like, oh my goodness, who's Merrick going to be? Who's this? Like, of all the stuff that was in your head of like, oh, it could be this, could be this. That was the one I did not expect at all. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you see that and you're like, oh, wait a second. Like, I didn't even hear a theory about, you know, any of this. It was all, oh, it could be this person. It could be this. Right. And then you see that and you're, it, you get that brief moment of you're just like, wait a second. Everyone was completely wrong on this. And then you take that moment of realize, oh, well, this is Death Miriam. This is Night Sister Magic. Yeah. You're like, is this just anyone of a body that was just being raised? Is it going to be. And, and then, of course, Ryan starts going further from there. Or is it going to be impactful of, like, is this someone's body that is impactful, like, in the series that someone brought back to life with yeah. Nice Sister Magic? Right. Like, but, yeah, in that brief, that first moment, it, take, it, it takes a second. You're just like, oh, oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. It was, it was kind of a wild. I was reeling because I was like, what just happened? Because of what you said, everybody has been projecting all these theories like oh it's uh this person it's this person it's ezra bridger it's uh cal kestis you know like we're even on the last episode of our podcast we're like speculating who the heck could this be and then boom cloud of smoke and we're all like oh my gosh it didn't matter none of that mattered you know like you said maybe there is a chance that it could come into play at, at some point here like Maybe it's somebody that they raise. Maybe it's maybe it's just a complete not figment of their imagination. But like my thought going was going back to I believe it's episode eight, The Last Jedi, where Luke is like fighting 
Kylo Ren and turns out it's just like a force projection basically. So part of me was like, Oh, is this just like a projection of night sister magic? Is this nothing? But there was like physical, like she actually slashed Merrick and then it explained like there was some physical being there, but a little bit of context for those of you who have not watched clone wars. This is going back to Dathomir night sisters, you know, Darth Maul storyline, Night Sister Magic still pretty unexplainable in general Star Wars lore. Like a lot of crazy stuff can happen with Night Sister Magic that we don't know about. So this is just another one of those things that we're like, oh, okay, I guess here we go. My question is, is this Morgan Elsbeth controlling Merrick? Is it something that, like you said, that she like raised somebody and their their own kind of being now? How does Merrick work? That's what I don't know. And I, I think we'll find out a little bit more about, you know, how that all is going to go down in the coming episodes. But really fascinating that nobody saw coming, I feel like. Right. Well, not only that, but like even watching like when Ahsoka, you know, strikes it down, that smoke comes out. Like even it does that quick flash, even to, to show Hottie's face. And it's like yeah. she didn't even expect that. Right. So it, it seems like there there's more working on of like yeah all right well what's merrick's story then because it just yeah. seemed like if even hottie didn't even know that who he was like so then is there another secret that's being held from them this is where it gets really interesting because merrick has force abilities because we saw in episode two i believe it was when ahsoka was fighting merrick on corellia i think it was merrick force whisked their lightsaber back to themselves at mm-hmm. the end of the fight. So like they have force abilities. So is this, but is it, is it force abilities or were they using death mirror? Right. Magic? Yeah. And obviously they wanted us to be in the dark to them being a night sister magic or whatever. So they were portraying it as force abilities at the time. Could it be night sister magic raising a Jedi that actually is using their own force abilities? I don't know, man. There's so many things that it could be at this point. (laughs) But it is hilarious to me that everybody was just going nuts about who this Merrick could be. And then all of a sudden, just boom, gone. Completely wrong. (laughs) Everybody's wrong. I love that. Filoni's just sitting over there just chuckling like. (laughs) Right. The other the other thing I was going to mention about from that scene, too, that I don't know if you picked up on this, but. I'd, I'd have to rewatch the two scenes just on parallel to see how close they actually were. But this is what popped into my mind when watching that. So like, obviously Merrick's there and he's like charging lightsaber. So it's spinning how that scene is shot and how they're, you know, facing each other. My initial reaction after seeing that was he uses like the same move or it's a very similar in the fight between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. The, when yeah. Obi- the single, the single strike when Obi-Wan kills Darth Maul. Exactly. Like, I don't know if that's Floney just being like homage to that. Cause it's like, it almost looks like he used the same move and like Ahsoka does the same thing. Obi-Wan yeah, does. Right. And I was just like, well, that was really cool. Yeah. It, and then of course, then that leads me, it's just like, Oh my goodness. Is that going to be like the dead body of Darth Maul? That's being controlled. <laughs> oh my gosh, That would be, I was just like, well, right. That's what I was thinking too. But then at the same time, I was just like, the ending of Darth Maul's story at the hands of Obi-Wan in the desert is so it's good. Perfect, I yeah. feel like to bring Maul back from that would just 
like granted, it's a Star Wars thing, but like I feel like that ending was so good, and Filoni did such a good job of ending that. Yeah, that, like you don't need to bring Maul back right. from that. Yeah, I def- I don't think you do. And honestly, if we ever see Maul in live action again, the only thing that I would want would be a shot for shot live action recreation of that Obi Wan Darth Maul fight. Nothing different. Damn. Exactly the same as the Rebels showdown. That's all I want from from Darth Maul at this point. Like that would be he epic. had yeah. an incredible arc in Clone Wars and in Rebels, and I think it's just perfect the way it is. Just leave it be. There has been some buzz about potentially doing a solo sequel. Obviously, at the end of Solo, we get Darth Maul, a cameo Darth of Darth Maul. Mm. And you think, from what I remember, he's still got the spider yeah. bottom in the that. lower it's body. Like, yeah, it's like pretty early Darth Maul. So there's there's time to do some live action stuff if they really want to. Yeah, but I don't know. Honestly, Solo was good in and of itself. I don't think it really needs a sequel. I mean, right. hey, if they make one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. Right, I'm gonna watch it. Right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I don't think it really needs it. But yeah, that's the only thing I really would want from a live action more of Darth Maul. So next thing I want to talk about here, Zane is Sabine. There's been a decent amount of discussion about the differences between Sabine in rebels and Sabine in Ahsoka. The main thing that I think people are picking up on is that she seems pretty inexperienced and kind of green in Ahsoka, not just in lightsaber, battles which that would we would expect that makes sense because she's not super highly trained in you know lightsaber battles per se but as a warrior she is very capable going back to again my rewatch of the last three episodes like she is she's a badass in in rebels like she can take care of herself just fine even against higher threats like other mandalorians even like some jedi and dark jedi sith type threats like she's capable of handling herself without the lightsaber stuff so the fact that we see her struggling in this series is interesting to me i think they may have set her back a little bit as far as just being a warrior but at the same time, I think Natasha Liu Bordizzo, who plays Sabine Wren, I think she's doing a fantastic job portraying her. But it is just interesting how they portraying her skills, I guess, in this live action Ahsoka. I think so. This next part, we kind of have, you know, Ahsoka break off and she's taken on Merrick and Sabine takes on Shin. Rematch. Cool. Love that. And the first part, I think, is really cool. Sabine comes out with her blasters and has Shin on the run. Like that that part shows the warrior in her, I feel like, right. because she's like Shin obviously senses that she's a threat without her lightsaber, right? Like she's running, like she knows that she's legit. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden when it comes to time to take out the lightsaber, it's like boom, she's like back to kind of like elementary crude lightsaber fighting and stuff like that, which again, maybe expected with the lightsaber fighting, but not the other stuff. What have been your thoughts on Sabine so far? And does that bug you at all? Or have you not really noticed that? I mean, I've noticed a little bit, but I don't think it's been enough to be bothersome to me. Cause like for me, I think what Sabine 
is representing more, especially in this show. And granted, it's the so it's named after Ahsoka, but like we've already seen so much from Ahsoka's past and everything else. We've seen Ahsoka have the hero struggle. I think Sabine in this show is where we're finally seeing like it. It's her. It's the hero struggle for Sabine in this one, because I mean Ezra's not here, even though we've seen it most of his story with Rebels. Hera's kind of off on her like Sabine's that present one that has to go through that struggle because just like everything that they've set up to just like oh she was you know training under Ahsoka and Ahsoka and her head are different you know just everything that's happened and then it I think it represents the hero struggle it's just like who is she confident in her in herself and like I get not being able to fight well with the lightsaber because just like I mean even like listen to the episodes before when Huang's like (laughs) you'd be the worst candidate I've ever seen and like all this stuff and it's just like I think that's what ties into her story yeah. is it it's her doubt in herself. I think she's competent as a warrior and as a Mandalorian, but I think she, there's that struggle and growth that she can be more like you even see that then later in the episode yeah. of not destroying mm-hmm. that right. map because she wants to get back to like, she wants Ezra back. I feel like that her character, you know, like I said, the show is called Ahsoka but I think we're going to get the most character development from Sabine throughout this whole right. show. I, I think you're right on that because we've gotten, I mean, we mentioned it last episode too. We've gotten a ton of character growth with Ahsoka through Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that turned out to be her show for all the things that people have been saying about Ahsoka. I think the fact that we're getting some of these other characters and like you said their character growth sabine's character growth i think that's phenomenal and i think even going back to rebels sabine that's not new struggle for her like they went through another mandalorian civil war and rebels and people looked up to her as a leader um against you know kind of the imperial side of the the mandalorians and she didn't really want to be a leader and didn't want to be part of that like she just ended up kind of getting thrust into that position and she struggled with that big time. And, you know, finally when that civil war resolved, she did give up leadership and gave the dark saber back to Bo-Katan. Here we go again. She's kind of trying to figure out where her place in the galaxy is. And I think you're right. I think we're going to see more of that this season than growth from Ahsoka. Cause Ahsoka's pretty mature and pretty well set in her place in the world at this point, I think. Right. So, or the universe, I should say. Right. There's a lot of worlds in that universe. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I feel like she's pretty set. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of carry the story along with the growth of other characters. Yeah, I agree. That was a cool part. We finally get, so Sabine, you know, we get to the, the star map site and we get a showdown between Balin and Ahsoka, which, oh, man, this was intense. Great lightsaber fight. And we finally get to see Balin in action because really he's just been standing around this yeah. whole show. Yeah. <laughs> Looking intimidating and stuff, right. you know. <laughs> but, oh, man, it was so cool to see him fighting in live action. Oh, So he's he's just like this big, powerful, intimidating presence. It was an um, incredible portrayal of that power and presence in the way that he fought with his lightsaber just powerful i compared him to dooku last episode and dooku was kind of like this 
sophisticated. Like you got the sense that he was more on the dual, very formal dueling right. background. And Balin, you're not necessarily getting the dueling stuff, but he's still very poised and sophisticated in how he handles himself, like with the lightsaber. But right. man, the moves that he was doing, you just thought like every move that he make, he could knock Ahsoka on her butt. Right. Because it was just powerful. I thought that was an awesome lightsaber fight. What did you think of that one, Zane? Oh, yeah. Like, that was another perfect example of, like, this is Star Wars. It's another great example. And, like, I thought it was a very good balance for a lightsaber's fight. Because it was a combination. Like, I get there's different camps. And I know Robbie's in that camp, too. Of, like, this fighting style compared to, like, the old movies to the new Like, that fight kind of combined the two. Like it wasn't all flash and, you know, spinning and all this crazy stuff. Cause at the same time, it didn't need to be like, you've been explaining Balin's this intimidating present. Like his strikes were purposeful and with, and it's just like, he doesn't need to be all kinds of spinning around and all these fancy flicks. Just like he's capable of what he's doing and he knows what he's doing. And it was like, it was very cool to see how that fight played out. Because right. I think Ahsoka's way more of the the flashy. I'm obviously has two lightsabers and stuff, but like just how that fight pans out like that. These are the lightsaber fights that are really fun to watch. Like again, like I said, this is yeah. Star Wars. Like yeah, and it was cool to see how Ahsoka responded to him in this episode and earlier in this episode too. She's only using one of her lightsabers, mm-hmm. and it's cool to you know you mentioned she is kind of like the more flat, especially if you watch Clone Wars she's all spinning around and like jumping around and the two lightsabers, like, you know, really cool, like lightsaber fighting style. She definitely seems like she's more purposeful, more defensive in the series, you know, not just this fight. And she shows that in this fight, like she takes out the one lightsaber and she's like you said, he's doing like every move that he makes is with intent, with purpose And she kind of is almost echoing that like in response, like every move that she's making is very thought out, maybe purposeful. And it's just, it's a cool to see it. it, Like you said, it's a good balance between like emotion and lightsaber fighting. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think throughout all the lightsaber fights in star Wars, you get a, a good balance of both, you know, in the prequels, we get a lot of really flashy lightsaber battles. And then, you know, in the, original it's more of the emotion like it's not like necessarily super flashy but like you can just it's a tense moment right right there's there's definitely a balance of both in most lightsaber fights but i think they did a really good job of balancing both of those in this one for sure and i love balin dude i i I think he's an amazing villain or hey you, you know look at the other side you know what we learned from jedi survivor yeah single blade is the most balance fighting style so maybe ahsoka just knows that we got to go single blade yeah exactly (laughs) and again she's even though she is seeking out balin in this situation it very quickly turns to balin is the aggressor and ahsoka is defending herself which i mean just shows you just again the power how powerful he is ray stevenson man he does such a good job as Balin's Phenomenal actor. It, yep. it is just tragic that we're not going to be able to see him yeah. in this role or any role. Like, I feel bad even saying that. He's just 
does an incredible job in this. And I don't, I'm not sad about only him not being in star Wars. It's just sad that we're not going to see him again in right. anything. anything. Yeah. Right. He does such an incredible job in this role. Yeah. Ray Stevenson, rest in peace, man. Cause you did best job you could have as Balin Skull. And then, right. then Shin comes in, Oh man, <laughs> so much good stuff in this. We get Shin. This is just the classic. Again, this is one of those moments. This is Star Wars. Right, right. Shin comes in and she's the classic dark apprentice, right? Like she comes in and they finally defeat Ahsoka. They defeat uh, Sabine. Sabine's like on the ground, surrendered. And Shin is like force choking her. her. Right. (laughs) And Phelan's like, hey, knock it off. (laughs) Right. But you know. That this is going to come down to a clash between Balin and Shin. Because yeah. Balin, Balin is very experienced. He's set. He's not a Sith. Like, he's he's a guy who knows where he's at in the galaxy. Shin, on the other hand, she is a wild card. And I feel like she could go very dark, very fast. I think Balin's going to have a problem with that later on in the season. Like it was something I saw some people talking about even early on. And now it's just more resonant. And like, I forgot, didn't really mention this like in the, in the first part of the episodes, but like now it's more prevalent. And then even just from playing God of War Ragnarok, I was like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. So obviously it's Van Skull and Shin Hadi. Skull and Hadi are the name of the two wolves in North North mythology that chase they chase the sun and the moon respectively. Hmm. Hadi in Norwegian or would be Norwegian or Norse. Hadi means hate. Hmm. Skull means deception. And so it's just very fascinating when you look in those names and basically that's what the story is that each wolf, one is chasing the sun through the sky. One is chasing the moon and they represent like light and dark good and evil. like it, you know kind of like the the aspect of like yin yang like you look up drawings of hottie and skull in any like norse mythology and that's what they look like it's this the working together that they are representatives of life and death light and dark and i just think that was really fascinating it's like that's there's no way that's just oh these are cool names like i think right. that was such an intentional thing. Didn't think and, you were going to get a Norse mythology lesson right. from Zane on the Infinity right. Rose podcast, but here you are. <laughs> but and and even still, like that's such a felony thing to be like, hey, we're going to reference. Now, granted, there's also a whole deep cut with Merrick because like Merrick was a knight in. I don't know if you heard this at all too, but so Merrick was a knight in like King Arthur's table. Oh, okay. And Morgan was also you know Morgan Le Fay who is mm-hmm. the sorceress, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So there's a story that I don't know if the names are all interchangeable, different stuff, but there's an Arth- King Arthurian legend of Merrick who gets turned into a werewolf. And then mm-hmm. he has to like prove his innocence to get turned back. Like, it's really interesting how like oh. th- these names, I don't think are just like, Oh, these are cool names. Like I, I, you look at it and you're like, this has to be, like a deeper meaning to some of the stuff and knowing Filoni, like he's the type of guy that's like, Hey, we're going to get creative with some of this stuff. Yeah. So right. th- those are just some of the stuff that's like, I was like, Oh, this is really interesting. There's I wonder so how much this in gonna... this episode, <laughs> right. so much stuff to go over. And it's amazing. I love it. Right. Anyways, we get uh, Sabine 
basically given the star map to Balin, who completes the download of the star map to <laughs> <laughs> to Morgan Elsbeth and then destroys it in the coolest way possible. Yes. That was that like was, the coolest shot. That was so episode. legit. I was like, oh, oh dang, okay. Whips out his orange lightsaber and just, yep, just <laughs> oh legit. Like, that was so cool. Balin's going to become like one of my favorite like antagonists in, oh, in right. Star Wars by the end of this. <laughs> so cool. So he destroys it. Then they take Sabine up to their big ring ship. They're getting ready to go. And here comes Hera to the rescue. A couple things about Hera. Number one, interesting that she's bringing Jason with her to... You know she's going to fight, right? Like, Right. Like, she knows well, she's going to okay. fight. Well, hypothetically, because when they left, they didn't entirely know what they were waiting for. True. That's true. And so, but like, still, I was right, just they're like, going to go. Man, you're bringing this child to this, like, potentially dangerous conflict? Like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Anyways, or get there. And ah, this was the coolest moment there's so many cool moments in this episode so i can't say it's the coolest moment in this episode but i loved how they get there boom they see the big ring ship and holy crap morgan elsbeth's just like go to hyperspace screw them right and but while i was watching that i got i think it's rise of skywalker vibes or is it rise of skywalker or last jedi where the purple hair chick turns the ship oh, around yeah, and goes into yeah. hyperspace and knocks out the giant cruiser or whatever. I was like, oh man, are they going to get obliterated by this right. ring ship? And then the ring ship. So I was like, okay, yeah, they'll probably go in the middle, you know, like, right, right. But still, how is this like going into hyperspace around them? Like I, I was like, they could still get obliterated if the, you know, the hyperspace travel is so much so fire on their right. or whatever, right? Like they could still get destroyed. So I was like, wow, what's going to happen here? You go into hyperspace, boom, knocks him back a little bit, but it's just like, okay, that was a cool bad a guy cool shot. Yeah. 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 A bad guy moment by Morgan Elsbeth there, you know, to this point, like she's like your typical bad guy. Like I'm going to do all the bad right. things. <laughs> you, know, like, you just expect stuff like that. Right. That was the moment that I was like, okay, <laughs> that, that was kind of cool. cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yep, they're sitting there floating in space. We get the giant, most important moment in live-action Disney Star Wars to date at the end of this episode. Yes, <laughs> Ahsoka, who was knocked off of uh, of the ledge by Balin Skull, presumed dead by Skull and Hottie and Sabine, wakes up in the world between worlds. Which, you know, after Rebels, you kind of assumed that that might have a part to play in Star Wars at some point. Right. But, you know, it's just one of those things like, is it, you know, you could just leave it in animation, you know, and just like, it's one of those weird Star Wars things. And it's really cool, but it's like so mystical and we know nothing about it, even from the the episode, almost three, four episode arc that we get in rebels about it still we just don't know anything about it right and so you i did not expect them to go to it this early it was just like what yeah she wakes up with the world between worlds for you non-rebels um star wars fans is basically like uh, a place in between like space and time like it's 
you can see moments in time, but it's not necessarily, and there's portals to those moments in time, but you can't really like go and come and go as you please. Like it's not really a time travel thing. Again, lots of questions about it. Filoni goes a little bit detail in an interview and basically says it's, it's not meant to be like a time travel thing. You can see these moments in time, which we go back to Ezra Bridger in rebels. He makes it into the world between worlds is able to pull Ahsoka out of a moment in time into the world between worlds. So Ahsoka has been there before. That's what's really interesting to me is that like, she knows what this is. She wakes up and she's not really, she's surprised that she's there, but she's not mind blown. Right. Like she's been there before. Right. She's been there before, but you know, there's only certain portals that you can come in and go out of as evidenced by that episode. So I'm really interested to find out what happened to get Ahsoka to this place. She turns around. Well, first of all, she she hears hello snips, which <laughs> that was another is just like right. she wakes just like bang, bang, bang. She wakes up in wor- worlds between worlds. Crazy, mind blowing. We hear hello snips, which is Anakin's voice. Boom, another mind blowing moment. We turn around, we see us. Anakin in like Revenge of the Sith, like yep. timeline, right? Yeah. They de-age Hayden Christensen, which is another weird, interesting filmmaking decision. They did not de-age him for Obi-Wan, where he's clearly a Padawan and looks older than he probably should, but they de-aged <laughs> him for this a little bit. Not well, really I, sure what that's about. My but. my take on that was I felt like they did that because like they were trying to still bit of a capture of like from Clone Wars, because like this whole series, they're pulling stuff from the animated into the real, mm-hmm. and like doing that, and like I feel like yeah. that's what gave way more of that feeling that yeah. like this is letting you know, like this is Clone Wars, Anakin. Yeah. I I think you're life. definitely right on that. I I think they definitely tried to, honestly, in a lot of stuff that Hayden Christensen has been, you know, kind of getting a revitalization in Star Wars fandom, which is awesome. Like I love seeing that, but he in some of the stuff he has been doing has been trying to, and, and this, you know, maybe this is, I don't know. I don't think he's said anything about this in interviews or anything, but it definitely seems like he's trying to sound like Matt Lanter, the voice actor for clone wars uh, who plays Anakin. So very interesting that you mentioned that. I think, I think that's a really, really good point that they're trying to, say hey this is clone wars anakin which obviously that's where we know ahsoka from so well it, it's not only that but well part of the, what gives the reason that too of it being clone wars anakin is like this is when anakin's still good like this is yeah. before anakin has gone to the dark side and it's yeah. like if there's ever an anakin that's going to help ahsoka in this time of need it would mm-hmm. be that anakin yeah you know and that's, that's why and I know that's something I, I texted you too of like, that was what my theory was of how she got there is that mm-hmm. Anakin pulled her in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, cause I know like now granted, if you haven't seen like clone wars rebels, you, you don't pick up on this, but like something Ahsoka that Ahsoka carries is a big regret. She regrets walking away from Anakin. So it's in part, she feels guilty. So that's why Anakin went to the dark mm-hmm. side because she yeah. wasn't there to balance him and save him. And that also kind of ties into everything with Sabine because oh ahsoka walks away from stuff you know all that mm-hmm. and that's why my thought was that was anakin pulling her in because it was just like 
this is kind of the, the flip on that. This is Anakin saving Ahsoka to kind of make up for, you know, Ahsoka's biggest regret is not saving Anakin. Well, now here's Anakin saving her and being like, I, I think that's how it's going to tie in. And I'm super excited to see, cause it's just like, mm-hmm. even just in that moment, you're just like, you had that flashback of Clone Wars of Ahsoka being the Padawan and, you know, all the adventures they went and right. just being able to like, have that look back of like this is when anakin was still a good good like this was before he went evil and you're just like this is cool like i'm so excited to see what episode five is going to give us because i feel like episode five is going to be the like mind bending episode because like we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit it it is yeah yeah, i i think you're right on that episode five is going to be wild even from the the point of like i just don't know what's going to happen i right I have no idea where they're going with this. But the one thing I wanted to go back to was the big moments happening here. We get Ahsoka in the world between worlds. Then hello snips. Then she turns around. Anakin's there almost immediately after she sees Anakin, it cuts to black and we get the Vader score. We get the Vader score, which this is what makes me like wonder what the heck's going on. Because if what, is happening is what you're saying is that this is clone wars anakin why are we getting the vader theme <sighs> i that made me a little wary of this anakin i i don't know what is going on with the world between worlds part of me thinks that this anakin is not real that it's either a force projection of somebody trying to lead ahsoka in a certain way or something like that. I don't know what's going on, man. (laughs) If it is Clone Wars Anakin, I'm pumped for that. Something about it just feels off to me, though. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out, which is why episode five is going to be big time, way big time. I don't know, man. I, I just have this weird feeling that there's something off about Anakin. And I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, he like you know turned into Darth Vader and destroyed. Right, you. right. You know that's kind of a big huge <laughs> thing. It becomes, a, like, it becomes a major villain. You know, <laughs> yeah, obviously. But yeah, I don't know, man. I there's so many questions. Like, how does Anakin get into the world between worlds? Why does he pull Ahsoka out in that moment? I just there's so many questions to be answered. I just can't get on the on the train of just yet that this Anakin is like there to actually help Ahsoka. It seems to me like somebody is pulling some strings and trying to lead Ahsoka in a certain direction. And I don't know what that is yet. I don't know what purpose that would even, because it's not Morgan Elsbeth. Like she, she's the night sister. She's like got the Dathomir stuff, the night sisters and the Jedi, like force users don't really understand each other. So I don't think this has anything to do with Elsbeth or any of the Night Sister stuff. But beyond that, I don't even know what it could be. <laughs> so I'm like, right. I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But just crazy ending to episode four that just blew my mind for sure. I blew most people's minds. I feel oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah. Just wild. Okay. You mentioned episode five, though. So I do want to actually talk about this a little bit. Episode five, by all indications, Disney is saying is a big episode because they have set up a 
midseason fan celebration in five cities where you can watch episode five in theaters. Yep. And this has not happened ever, no, right? No, like, this is not a thing. So this has got to be a big episode. It's got to be huge. Something, something big is happening. I don't know what it is. So Tuesday, September 12th, next Tuesday is when this is coming out. Something big is happening, guys. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Do you think this is the episode they bring Ray in? Oh my gosh. I, I feel like anything is possible with the world between worlds. So <laughs> right, like sure. that would be a wild way to connect it. Like that would be wild. I mean And so many people hate the sequels so much that I feel like that would make a lot of people mad if they but like it's Disney, right? And Filoni didn't direct, obviously any of the prequel trilogy, but I, I have to believe that he was a big part of vision and, and planning in those sequels as well. So I think that he's definitely going to connect them somehow. It'll be really interesting to see how that happens and how the fan base responds, because oh, I think sure. generally the Mandalorian is pretty well loved. Some of these shows have been hit and miss. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think most people liked um, Ahsoka so far seems like everybody's been pretty much liking the sequel trilogy is you either like it or you hate it with a burning passion. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't know how the fan base is going to respond to all of this being connected. So it'll be very interesting. And have we we've discussed so many episodes that the Star Wars fandom is toxic to yeah. say the least. <laughs> But with all that said, if there's anyone who can connect this in a good way, it's it's Filoni. Yeah, it's like, Filoni. I and, trust Filoni to do this. Yeah, in Filoni we trust. Um, the way that he's transferred animation to live action so far, man, he's doing a phenomenal job. And the fact that he was just an animation guy. I, I know um, I actually saw something recently that I think it was Ryan Johnson actually had him shadow a bunch on The Last Jedi so he could learn what being like a live action filmmaker was like because he was just an animation guy before this. Right. Like he had no idea how all that stuff works. And the fact that he's started at basically level one or zero or whatever to this where he's directing episodes of live action, you know, television is just, wow, this dude can do it all. And I, in Filoni, we trust like, yep. here we go <laughs> straight up. Yep. Keep it going. This episode's a six out of six for sure. Easily. I, I know you're on the same oh, yeah. boat. Easy. Don't really. I mean, this has got to be, I'm trying to think of better episodes in live action. I, there's probably definitely a few Mandalorian episodes that we could say are in that capacity, like on this in the same tier, I don't think any of them can probably level up to this in terms of just straight up references to, you know, other Star Wars material like, oh, this is just this is just phenomenal. So very excited to see what happens next. Uh, any other comments or anything we didn't cover that you want to talk about, Zane? I don't think so. I feel like we hit pretty much everything. Long episode because we had yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we did of good stuff though. So happy Tano Tuesday next week for episode five of Ahsoka. Big things on the horizon for Star Wars. 
Let us know what you guys thought of episode three and four of Ahsoka. You can hit us up on any of our social media or email us at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, Zane, for hanging out with me today. It's been a blast. Yeah, it's a good good time. It's always fun when it's a Zane and Isaac mess around, you know? Zane and Isaac mess arounds are always a good time, for yep. sure. So Always a blast. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your podcast experience. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much. We love you, 3000. Have an amazing day, night, weekend, whatever it is for you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube at the Infinity Bros. You can also check out our website at theinfinitybros.com for links, reviews, and sweet merch. Feel free to send us listener feedback via social media or email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.